Hello, I am Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Mail Plus. I am joined this week, as every week, by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. I have a cold. Oh, that's very attractive. <laughs> oh, and a chesty it's cough. It's awful. I've had it for three days. I feel terrible. Anyway, what are we cross about this week? I'm I very think cross. Prince Harry, isn't I'm it? very cross. Prince On Harry. On a number of levels. Well, it's just, you know, the worldwide privacy tour is going very well, I think. <laughs> I think my favourite thing is don't look at us, which just makes me no, laugh. No, don't, for God's sake, look at them. Don't look at them Because they all. hate it. They, they really, really hate, hate it. It really upsets them. Yeah, so today they've done, please they've don't done, look at us. Please don't look, look at us, christening our daughter. Yes. Lilibet Diana, mm. which is all of the names yeah. that are associated with royal people. Yes. But the thing is, they hate the royal family and it's mm. really been awful for them being in the royal family. Yes. So they've decided to christen their daughter, Lilibet, Diana. Diana. Oh, and apparently princess she's a pr- princess. Is she a princess, though? Legally, is she a princess? I have no idea if legally she's a princess. I couldn't but, care less, actually. Yes. I mean, literally pop off. So so that's that. Maybe he was high when he chose well, the name. Well, this is the other thing. The mm. highness. So, ayahuasca. Yes, ayahuasca. Prince Harry has talked about taking ayahuasca. Yes. As a path to enlightenment. Now, Tres groovy of him. Apparently so. <laughs> but Beatrice, my daughter Beatrice, yeah. who is at university because of being so clever, obviously. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, although I have to say the other day, she accidentally drank some bleach. Oh. By accident. Having decided to, for some reason, bleach her, yeah. I, I suppose. And My mother's done that. It happens to the cleverest of people. It does it. Okay, yes, right, yes. Yes, don't worry about yes. it. She didn't drink Had very much. Had to drink much, lots of she, milk, apparently. She didn't drink very much, but she did go to hospital, and then apparently they were a bit mean and laughed at her in hospital. Oh, you have to drink milk. Do you know that? I didn't tell her that, no. No, drink, yes, it lines the but, stomach. But, you know, it's not a phone call you want to get. No. Mummy, I've drunk bleach. No. I'm like 5,000 miles away. Anyway, no. she did an essay on ayahuasca mm. tourism, and apparently it's awfully bad. Um, <laughs> is that it? Yes. <laughs> that was the sum total of the essay. Great. So I, that's as much as I know about ayahuasca. Well, do you know anything about I ayahuasca? I do know quite, uh, quite a lot about it. It's very popular in the Ibiza. Oh, yes, because everyone's very cool there. Yes, because they're trying to find themselves, apparently. Which well, is... they're in Ibiza. Doesn't, don't they know that? No. Doesn't they say that on their ticket? <laughs> the Ryanair flight says you're on your way to Ibiza. No, they do. They. It's about finding yourself, which is why Harry famously said... It's like having someone clear the windscreen. Right. Which clearly he was told that because I can't imagine no. anyone with the IQ that he has could come up with no, something as profound not. as that. <laughs> anyway, yes, in Ibiza, a lot of people take ayahuasca. They have what, sort, sort of, of on a sort of Friday night? I they mean, do is ceremonies. Sort of... So right. you get your shaman in. Oh, God. It's normally administered by a shaman. They okay. look quite boring. Isn't actually. it just tea? Yes, and you sit in. Why do you need a shaman? Oh, because in case you get very poorly sick, you do actually do get quite unwell. Diarrhea and vomiting. Right. Simultaneously. Right. And Sounds great. Yes. But re- no wonder it cleared his windscreen. Yes, exactly. Probably my windscreen Fun too. for all the family. <laughs> and then you apparently see whatever you're supposed to see. Right. In most cases, it's a darkened room, I think. Uh, <laughs> Do you see a bull? A big bull. A big bull. You, you see what you see. You see the snake. A snake comes out of you sometimes. Ooh, um, it's supposed to be a cathartic. Right. But you to... could just do that by having a nice bath and a cup of tea. Yes, exactly. Or listening and to reading some... a good book. Yes, listening to some nice music. No, I mean, I'm, just, I'm sure that when Harry did his ayahuasca, it was all super and lovely. Mm. But there are going to be lots of kids who will go off to Peru, wherever it is, and do ayahuasca and not return. Mentally, it, it, not, also mentally not, not return. return. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. I think if you are going to do something, like that, it has to be done 
properly. Hmm. I mean, it is a very powerful hallucinogenic drug. Yes. So this one person I know, he always does it. Was, always does it. Uh, oh, and he's done it about 17 or 18 times. Well, that's always. That's, that's always, a lot. Yes, yes. And he, every single time, he got polio as a child. Right. He's quite elderly. And every single time, he, he goes back to being the child in the hospital crying. And then everyone else has to mummy him out of the hospital. But, but why would you I do that I don't understand why that is a nice night no. out or in. <laughs> Go back to the worst period of your life yeah. repeatedly. Why not just have a glass of wine? Chocolates. Some chocolates or do something fun. Yeah, what's Antiques Roadshow? Why go back That's to my top <laughs> night out in That's ever. my ayahuasca. Yeah. Antiques Roadshow. Obviously, you can't beat it. No, you absolutely can't no, beat really it. Can't. Anyway, coming up on today's show. Oh, good. Crafts. Crafts. <gasps> okay. 2023 begins today. If you are planning on taking your pet to the show or anywhere on a road trip, pet expert Anna Webb is on hand to explain how to keep your pet pooch calm and happy whilst travelling. You've just brought yours in. in I your have. Coat. It seemed perfectly calm and happy to me. It's now it's passed li- out cold. <laughs> passed out cold on the floor That's of the studio. That's my ayahuasca. It's very it's, sweet. It's very new. It's a new one. It's yeah. a tiny new little That's baby That's my ayahuasca and it's contemplating its birth again, it I is. imagine. It's just been barking at a microphone. I know. It's just terrifying. Very, very, very um, scary microphone. Plus, is your liver in top condition? Obviously not. We sent Imogen to have her <laughs> liver examined by a medical science. Mm. Is anyone's liver in top condition? I, I mean, know, maybe I love babies. The fact my, my liver for medical science. Yes, for mm. liver. Anyway, You've gone to see someone about it. Very and, special. Uh, we're going to be talking about the results and how to look after yours later. It has been found that most dogs suffer anxiety when travelling by car, which is why our next guest, broadcaster and pet expert Anna Webb, has come up with a soothing, calming playlist to keep your dogs happy and relaxed. Anna, thanks for joining us. I should say, my dog loves the car. <laughs> and I think the reason she loves the car is because she knows that if I'm going somewhere in a car and she's in the car with me then as long as she stays in the car she'll be coming home with me so yeah. she finds it so like if I go and stay with somebody it's like your lead Sarah it's like you won't leave without your lead no I won't lead <laughs> no exactly so she knows there are certain things that I won't leave the house without like my wallet my handbag whatever so and I think if she could live in my handbag she would probably yeah because that would be the safest place to be otherwise she's a nightmare Right. No, but that's interesting. But that's kind of talking about episodic memory, which is part of the science behind this uh, playlist called Happy Hounds. Because it was only five years ago, Sarah, that scientists did discover that dogs have this memory, which was thought to be exclusive to humans only. So it's some Finnish scientists that proved that. So if someone, if with your handbag situation, your dog knows that your handbag belongs to you and will go with you no matter what. So that remaining close to your bag, she'll go home with you. It's a bit like Mr. Binks has just been sitting on my big overcoat in the corner there. Yes. Because he knows I'm not going to leave without that coat. So I'm not going to leave without him. And that is episodic memory. So it's interesting because dogs are the only animal in the animal kingdom so far to have been discovered to have. So tell us about the playlist. So Skoda approached me because they're sponsoring Crufts this year, which is very yeah. exciting. And they've been really, I think, thoughtful and thinking about dogs in cars because they did huge research that even I was a bit surprised by this, that over 60% of all dogs in Britain are actually 
not enjoying their car travel. Lots of owners can't really often spot the signs of stress, like sort of, yeah. you know, high-pitched whining, drooling, yeah. panting, chewing their paws. Shivering. This fig here shivers all the time. Oh, listen shivering, well, shivering, you know, digging, mm. trying to escape. It might be too hot in the car. You know, just generally freaked out by the environmental noises, like rain on the roof, for example, if mm. your dog hasn't heard that before. I know with Mr Binks, that was the moment we had a bit of a scary moment on the M6. He's a rehome, so he arrived when he was two, and he hadn't really had the experience of traveling anywhere. So I had to take a leaf out of my own dog training skills and train him incrementally to like being in the car with the engine off, like being in the pet carrier first, indoors, then into the car, and then you turn the engine on, then you add a playlist. This was obviously before the Skoda playlist, but we did all of that. But I hadn't desensitized for rain hitting the roof of the car at great speed and hitting the windscreen and the windscreen wipers going crazy. Well, Mr. Binks thought the world was coming to an end. I think he nearly had a heart attack. He managed to get out of the pet carrier, (laughs) dive through the gap between the the seats and he landed on my lap. I mean, totally mad from being in the back in a carrier to being on my lap just because of this rain moment. So that really was a bit of a a wake up call. So, you know, it does show that dogs do get really startled and discombobulated quite easily. So the art, I think, of living with dogs successfully is to think of everything from their point of view. So with music and, and the Happy Hands playlist, start with the volume low and build it gradually because dogs' hearing is four times more sensitive than ours. Yes. And of course, they hear aspects of high and low frequencies we can't hear. So it's also, I think in my case, important not to sing along because that would really be frightening. <laughs> yeah, in my case as well, actually, Sarah, I agree with you. I think that's enough for everybody. I think if, I think if my dog home had me singing, she would just definitely <laughs> although, although think I have that I was dying. Although I toe tappers <laughs> in this list. Yes, you've got No Woman yes, Will Cry, yes. which is a bit of yeah. Adele. More than a woman. You see, oh, how did you choose all these? Did you? What unites them all in, yes. being, in being suitable for dogs? Well, what we did, so I worked closely with Skoda and Mr. Binks helped. So his musical repertoire has expanded in the last few weeks. We base all of this on science, Sarah, that shows that beats per minute are in between the range of 80 and 120 beats per minute. So no drill rap then? No, 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 hardcore, um, no ACDC or Slipknot. Okay, no. we're looking at this BPM range, 80 to 120 beats per minute, which emulates a dog's heartbeat. So you're giving your dog a comforting, soothing rhythm. And 4x4, four four, which is based on the reggae beat. Science is really yeah. reggae works for dogs. Yeah. So we've taken the reggae science and brought it in line with some, you know, more modern tracks. So we've got Miley Cyrus on there. And I, I love her song, Flowers, and that fits completely into... This you, have, you got, have you got any Taylor Swift? Ah, oh, you've yes, got Taylor Swift. Oh, she has an anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. Got a bit of that. forget the dogs, darling. This is a great it's playlist for us. It's actually quite a good playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the it's hags. got Pink Floyd in it for the hags. It's got Rihanna. It's got Rihanna twice. Oh, yeah, we've got a bit of Rihanna. It's very good playlist. Yeah. We love Rihanna. And then, you know, it wouldn't be a playlist without a bit of ABBA. Of course, no. or a bit of Bowie, no, you know, showing true. my age, maybe there a little bit. And so does your dog have a favourite track? Have you noticed? 
Well, flowers, they... but honestly, flowers at the moment is a hot favourite at the moment. Now, whether that's <laughs> because I'm giving the vibe of being very happy when I hear it, exactly. So oh, my cortisol levels are going down, you know, and I'm happy yes. So Yes. Oh, I see. Yes, well, a lot of, you know, the driving experience is going to depend on the driver's mood. If you're getting yeah. frustrated and you're cursing about a traffic jam or a diversion or whatever, oh. your dog's going to pick up on your stress. So that's not going to help at all. The thing about dogs and cars is my dog puts the window down with her paw, <laughs> with the electric <laughs> no. window, that's and hilarious. then sticks her tongue out. That's the main thing. That's hilarious. Be careful though, Sarah, because accidents happen, you know. Dogs, you know, their head out, gosh, anything can happen. You know, a lorry could go past mm. and, yeah. yeah, you really yeah. don't want to do that. I mean... Yeah, but she puts the window down herself. I have to put the child lock on otherwise. Really? Yeah, yeah, she'll mm. just put her paw on I have to say, sadly, my dog, not this one, the, the other one, who's at home, projectile vomits over the car. Oh. So that's... that, as a result, it doesn't, it's not allowed to go But I mean, I, I put my dog, car. Uh, do you put, because I put my dog in the boot of the car. Oh. Right. Is that a bit mean? Well, no, we have a boot blanket, which is the dog. Is dog's... it in its cage? No. Or is it just rattling it's around? A, it's not rattling around in the boot. It's not. <laughs> like it's, luggage. It's an open boot. It's like, oh, a, I see. Oh, it's I like see. an estate car. It has car been kidnapped by the like, mafia. It's not like it's at the back of a mafia car. No, no, no. It's not, she's not rolled up in a rug. <laughs> That's right. With an orange in her mouth. No. She's Throwing just relaxed. <laughs> no, you know when you have a car, an estate car, and you just... Mm. Put oh, us okay. in the back. And the... Right. Sarah, what worries me about that is I've noticed in my own car that the air conditioning doesn't actually go very far back. Uh, so yeah. often you'll see dogs in that situation on the motor and they're panting like a train yeah. and the humans are at the front all nice and cool with the air con on. So yeah. it's important... In, certainly in the summer, to be aware of yeah. the temperature in the car yeah. because you you are basically driving along in a greenhouse, basically. And yeah. dogs will overheat even in a moving car. Obviously, I've got one of those cooling blanket pads. They're sort of gel and they cool. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> I don't know. What, why are you my friend? What? <laughs> What do you mean? A cooling gel blanket? You know, Anna, you buy that? tell me, back me up. This exists, right? It's oh, a yeah, thing. cooling mats exist. I mean, yes. something I like to do, particularly with Binks, is I get a little T-shirt that's a dog T-shirt. So it's cut for a dog. So it's very wide around the neck, very wide around the armpits. And I wet it, cold water, bring okay, it. Anna, yeah. Anna, I can't the dog, and then this conversation. <laughs> T-shirt for the yeah, dog. I have to say, my, my dog will not wear clothes. I've tried it. Really? Yes, she's got a lovely jumper, which she, if I put it on her, she just stands there. Some dogs like being dressed up, but the kids don't <laughs> laugh at them because they're nice, you know. It's, if you honestly, if you met my dog, Anna, you would find it very hard not to laugh at yes. her. Yes, and it can't close its mouth. It's, 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 it's this muffin, Sarah. This, this is muffin, muffin yeah. Half-wire dachshund? Uh, no, she's a quarter dachshund, but the rest of her is a lassa apso. Oh, lovely, sweet. Yeah, they talk. Does yours talk? Just stares at me no, mournfully. Mine does. Mine does. She talks. She makes very disapproving noises. Well, mine's just very cross that a puppy has arrived in the house. <laughs> just gently <laughs> livid most of the time. Yeah, no, it's quite hard to do the integration, you know, particularly mm. if he's a bit full on and, you know, the older dog's nose is going to get out of joint. Yeah. You need to balance yeah. the attention without doubt, to be fair. But bringing a young dog in with an older dog can add extra life to the older dog. You know, they do yes. that. The, yeah. Odd that people will. I did that. Well, Mr. Binks was the young dog to bring in for my first bull terrier in her day. Oh, okay. 
and it really worked because they were complementary breeds and he didn't yeah. try and overtake or be you yeah. know king of the castle which was important and mm. she really helped him man up because he's um he's a funny little thing he's got a he's adorable what well, is he um pondego no, he's an English toy terrier. Although he's I can't really ill. see him. He's oh. an English toy terrier. He's got, he's got a little pointy nose, like a ponde, like a Portuguese pondego. He's in his egg very sweet, which he loves. He's wearing a very nice lilac. Lilac, yeah, lilac, yeah, lilac, fleece. Anna, are you at Crafts? Yes, year? I'm are going you? up. Yes, I am. And what are you doing? Are you presenting? We're actually doing our barking hour, the BBC Radio London with Joe Good, for yeah. three hours on right. Sunday out of Crufts. Then, um, yes, we've just got meetings and Instagram lives and hobnobbing yeah. and journalists and all the rest of it. It's the first yeah. day. I'm not I think they should do a Crufts bit. fringe event for crossbreeds. For crossbreeds. And yeah. that happens up there as well, Scruffs. Oh, it does? Yeah. Scruffs. Scruffs happens at Crufts. <laughs> it's catering for every single dog. We should go to Scruffs. We should go to Scruffs. Yeah, next year. I think we should take the dogs to Scruffs. Yes. Yeah, you've got to qualify, though, for the final of Scruffs. You know, what do you have to do? Well, there's heats all through the year, so look out <gasps> for them. And then you've got to qualify, so you've got to get come first in your class and then be up against other firsts in their class to win Scruffs, <clears throat> say, London or whatever, and then you qualify to go to Crufts. So it's all quite a... It's highly competitive, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Imogen, um, I've judged Scruffs, and I'm telling you, it's really oh. difficult. I mean... I bet. Every dog's a winner, basically, but you have to choose, you know, first, and people get get a bit funny. Um, I'm not, yes. A few years ago, I was stalked walking to the car park after being, yes, down at Earl's Court when uh, Discovered Dogs was still in um, Earl's Court Ooh. a few years ago now. Yeah, I know, I had a scary moment. I thought, oh, crumbs, that's that lady that didn't win. Um, <laughs> yeah, stood in oh. the pavement staring at me. That it's, is the beginning of a brilliant film, actually. Or certainly an episode of Endeavour. Yeah, indeed. Yes, yes. awfully good. <laughs> What do they have to do at Scruffs? Because my dog is very good at sitting on the sofa. Is that a category? Mm, that's a skill. <laughs> no, so it's best rescue, best girl, best boy. You know, the usual, you know, most heartbreaking. Yeah. Training, stories, yes. But biggest turnaround, um, yeah. all of these. Yeah. It's definitely do it. It's great fun. But it is really, really competitive. And as for, you know, the showing aspect of crafts, well, competitive isn't the word for it. It's beyond that. No. Have you seen mm. Best in Show, the film? That, oh, I love yes, Best in Show. Love it. Yes, so, love it. I actually watched it to get in the spirit of things last Saturday. Yeah. I hadn't watched it properly for about nine years. <laughs> My God, it's so funny. It is. It is. Uh, from the moment, the irony is just there. It's And it yeah. feels so fresh, even yeah. though it's over yeah. 20 years old now. Yeah, I don't understand why the BBC don't do a sort of strictly barking <laughs> kind of... <laughs> I think it'd be brilliant. You know, you could have, you know, trainers and their dogs. Mm. You could have normal people like me with a, with a silly dog and then we could be taught to do all the things that we need to do with the dog. But know. there is that grooming show. No, but that's grooming. Yes. Yeah, that's true. No, I, you know, learning to actually... They always end... Those sort of dogs end up looking slightly foolish. They always <laughs> end up looking like something out of a 1980s boy band. Exactly. <laughs> That very weird crash so helmet hairdo. Always involving some sort of middle-aged ladies yes. just had a set. <laughs> exactly. Well, Anna, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy this year's crafts. I should be watching avidly. Yes. As will Imogen. Yeah. And 
I'm going to go and listen to your lovely playlist. I think yes. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac is one of my favourites. Oh, favorites. that's one of my favourites. Absolutely wonderful. Well, don't forget, it's just Happy Hands with Skoda on Spotify, and it's excellent. Okay, we shall do this. We shall do that. I think Starman for Fig, she might actually have that on the way back. <laughs> it's a hot favourite of mine, Starman. We love Bowie, don't we? I mean, you know, yes. can't beat him, really. But I hope to see you guys up at yes. Buffs. And, you know, thank you so much for inviting um, me and Mr Binks on to talk about this. Yes, and, um, enjoy. Let music be the joy of love. Or the, f- the food of woof. Food of love, even. <laughs> <laughs> that was broadcaster and pet expert Anna Webb. If you'd like to see the playlist, we'll put it on the show notes and give a link to Anna's website too. So we recently found out about a new service designed to check the health of that very important organ, in fact, vital organ, if you're Imogen and me, the liver. A liver, indeed. We sent our very own Imogen Edwards-Jones to have her liver analysed, and Mm. the results were shocking. They were, weren't they? Yeah, because I thought you'd be... I thought you thought I might be straight up for a transplant. (laughs) Apparently, no. But no, I have the liver of a very young person. Yes. Is it because I'm Viking? I don't know. Do you think? I don't know. Anyway, well, it might be testimony to the effects of drinking vodka. Do you think? Yeah. Anyway, perhaps. let's find know. out. Let's find out. So joining us now is Dr. Federica Amati, a medical scientist and nutritionist from Imperial College London, who knows all about Imogen's liver. So she does. <laughs> Dr. Federica, I have to say, having been Imogen's drinking partner for probably something... 30 years. 30 years. I was quite surprised <laughs> that she has the liver of a baby. Well, she, I mean, maybe you should take her for medical science. I mean, <laughs> Do you know what? When I croak, that's a very good idea. I'm handing my body over to Imperial. That's it. We'll, we'll need to look at you as, as a case study of when it does go right. Um, no, it was interesting to review Imogen's results, actually. Um, I do think that there is huge variation and variability between individuals. But what Mm. we do know, of course, is that drinking does have an effect on the liver. And one of the leading causes of liver disease is drinking. But we also know, and I think hopefully what's becoming clearer, is that actually our diets have a huge impact on the liver. And it's funny you said, you know, this vital organ. It is a really vital organ. When you think about when our lungs fail, we can have mechanical lungs. When we Mm. need to replace a heart for an operation, we have external pumps that can do the job. With kidneys, we have dialysis. But if your liver fails, unless you're getting a transplant, that's it. So the liver has such a crucial role in our health. It does so much work and it gets such little (laughs) airtime. You know, everything we eat, everything that goes through our bodies goes through the liver. The liver processes everything. It knows what's Mm. going on. The cells that make up the liver are so unique. There is nothing quite like liver cells. So the Cells in a liver can regenerate a whole, the liver can regenerate in six to eight hours if you chop quite a bit of it off. And they and have how this, long? What's so unique six to eight about hours. the liver cells? Can you six to eight it? hours. I can grow a new liver in six to eight hours. Uh, yeah, and as long as you have, still have some of it left, yeah. <laughs> so it's, wow. it's basically the only organ that can just regenerate. It grows back. Yeah. Because yeah. if you chop um, off your arm, it doesn't grow back, does it? No, unfortunately no. not, no. Sadly. And, um, <laughs> but if your liver... So but, I, that's how basic yeah. is your biology, Sarah? Sorry, sorry. Anyway, I just said that. That was just... Uh, the, sorry, that was me being 12. I apologise. Okay. But I suddenly absorbing this information that the liver... Can and grow back. No, yeah, that's amazing. You know, and liver cells can carry up to eight pairs copies of chromosomes. So the rest of our cells have two, one from mum, mm. one from dad. Uh, the liver mm. can have eight. So one of the reasons we think that it can regenerate is because it copies so many different 
chromosomes. It has so much information to regenerate according to what's needed. It's the only wow. organ that has that, the only kinds of cells in our entire body that can do that. And what's amazing about liver cells as well is that when the blood goes into the liver, so most of the other organs, you know, capillaries come near and there's a little bit of crossover from blood to the organ. But in the liver, the blood comes in and literally bathes the liver cells. So the liver cells come into direct contact with our blood. At any one time, more than 10% of our blood is in our liver because its core functions are so intimately involved with reading what's in our blood and then taking nutrients and packaging them up in a way that we can use them or getting rid of toxins and getting, you know, get, getting them out of the way. So when you think about all the food we eat and all the things we ingest, None of them are actually used by our bodies in their original form. They all have to be processed by our livers and then sent off in little packages to be absorbed by other organs and then used in other ways. Our liver is like the central sorting system for everything. Mm. Um, it's like the post office. Like the post office, <laughs> exactly. So, And without it, you can't get it. You can't get what you need. In terms of worry, you know, threats towards the liver, you say alcohol is one, but... Yeah. Talk to me about fatty livers and what, yes. what that involves. Because I hear a lot about fatty livers. I was told I had a bit of a fatty liver once. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So there's definitely, this is, a, in the past 10 years, there's been a lot more focus and research on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, so NAFLD, and metabolic associated fatty liver disease, MAFLD. Now, both of those are related to diet and conditions like obesity or type 2 diabetes as opposed to related to alcohol consumption mm -hmm. and you're right it is a growing concern so some estimates for the US and the UK is that nearly half of us have some form of fatty liver disease as adults there are now reports of children with NAFLD and MAFLD so there's something that's growing alongside our sort of metabolic diseases like obesity and type 2 diabetes mm. and mm. As you said, when you have fatty liver deposits on the liver, it's a sign that the liver is struggling to actually package and get rid of excess fats, carbohydrates, and proteins. I think we have to remember that. So is it just from processed food? What's it from? Is it no, from no, no, no. It's it's from, so all food can contribute to it. But actually, good question, Imogen, <laughs> because when we look at- Oh, I'm doing so well here. <laughs> when we look at what diets can be used to reduce fatty liver disease, and you know specifically these metabolically associated fatty liver diseases, we know that the Mediterranean diet is one that actually works to decrease it. So a quite a recent study, I think out of Israel, showed that a Mediterranean diet with added green vegetables, so like even more green veg than you would normally have in a Mediterranean diet, actually decreased fatty liver deposits by 50% in their patients. So we know that dietary patterns that are rich in whole foods and lots of plants mm. are much less likely to cause this problem. So is ultra processed food the only thing to blame? No, I think we know that it's excess of sugars, mm. excess of dietary fats and excess of protein. I think the liver has to package any excess up and try and put it away somehow. Mm. And that comes in lots of different forms. We know of high cholesterol being one example, that's actually LDL, the bad cholesterol. It's actually like a hangover from trying to overpackage and get rid of too much sugar. So it's mm -hmm. funny, uh, uh, some okay. clients will come to me and say, I've been told I have high cholesterol, so I've cut out nuts and eggs. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> that's actually 
not what we need to be doing. We need to be cutting out your jam and stopping your fruit juice in the morning, for example. So we know that free sugars, so things that sugars that aren't in fruit, whole fruit is wonderful for our health. People should eat whole fruit. But as soon as you juice it, or as soon as you make it into a fruit roll up, or you're having it, you know, as a baked, baked flapjacky, fruity thing, snack, that's a different story. The sugars are free because they have been taken out of their fibers. So they're super quick to be absorbed. And that's when it becomes a problem for the liver. It just can't use it up quickly enough. And when you have too much sugar, too much energy, then our cells get overwhelmed. And when you have too much ATP, which is the currency that cells use for energy from carbohydrates, from sugars, then this it becomes what we call oxidative stress. So the cells become stressed and they basically die. Why are we so obsessed with this sort of food, though? Why is it that yeah. if, if the, why, this food what is... processed food? Well, no, yeah. just the food that's really bad for us. Why, why is, as humans, do we seem to be so attracted to these yeah. sorts of foods when actually, as you say, we shouldn't really be going for them. We should just be having yeah. spinach. No, well, gosh, more than just spinach, right? Come on. <laughs> Definitely, that would not be that would not be fun. Lo- lots more than spinach. I think there's lots of reasons, but ultra-processed foods, foods that are very high in sugar, that have readily available energy, in an evolutionary sense, they were really hard to come by. So when we used mm. to be roaming the lands, sort of looking for berries, like a berry would be the only example of a, of a food that was rich and highly available energy, right? So mm. the likelihood of us finding lots of berries every day was really low. So it made sense for us evolutionary to seek out that berry because it was really helpful to have that energy when energy was scarce. But nowadays, ultra-processed food make easy-to-absorb energy so available. It's easier to buy, you know, ultra-processed foods than it is to buy fresh whole foods in a lot of places. Yeah, mm, and, especially now. Mm, especially now, yeah. Yeah, so our, our vegetable shortages. Sort of, mm. Yeah, exactly. Our food environment, actually, yes, but locally grown vegetables are doing fine. If we all just go mm. to our farmer's mm. markets, they have lots of produce at the moment. So I think the problem is, is that they're really, really delicious. So they're made, you know, food chemists, no, there's a sweet spot. If you get enough fat, sugar, and salt, and the right texture, it kind of makes our brains go, <laughs> this is delicious. So we know there's a space for that. But also in terms of how we evolved, we evolved to make the most of energy available foods when they mm. were available. But now they're available all the time. And that's the problem. So, mm. so I mean, so is fatty liver disease something that you would not have seen in, you know, your average man wandering around Britain in 1533? So it's a very specific year. Uh, I, 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 would, I would have sorry. guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> popped into my head. I'm sorry. Um, I guess that the answer would have been no. So it's, it's something, it's a condition that is growing and has grown a lot mm. in the past couple of decades. And we certainly, even, I would say, 15, 20 years ago, you wouldn't have considered looking for fatty liver disease in children, but now we're seeing that. So I think we also, it's really about how we've forgotten the value of eating foods in their sort of natural form, like how they are supposed to be eaten and gone for convenience foods, which are just all of the nutrients are too quick to ready to absorb the sugars, Mm -hmm. the fats, and even too much protein can also be problematic because our liver has to adjust to changing yeah. protein levels. So what did you say was the difference between, because we had a conversation about this a week ago, about the difference between a raw carrot and yeah. a cooked carrot yeah. and how easy it is for the body to absorb a cooked carrot as opposed to a raw carrot? Yeah, so when you cook 
a carrot or any vegetable food, the cooking process breaks down some of the what's called the food matrix. So the actual cells and the structures that keep the carrot, the raw carrot's crunchy and hard, right? So the food matrix lets that happen. And as soon as you cook a carrot, it goes soft and it tastes sweeter. Now, the reason is because boiling it or cooking it destroys some of that food matrix, which makes it easier for the sugars to basically leave the cells. The sugar is inside the cell. It's easy for it to get out. So even just cooking food can change the availability of nutrients. Now, in the example of cooked carrots, the vitamins in carrots also become easier to absorb. So it's actually benefits to cooking vegetables. Mm. When it becomes more problematic is where you have ultra processed food, where the food is actually completely pulverized. So all the food matrix is gone. So Mm. for example, to make Pringles, which is like a classic example of an ultra processed food, the potato is just a potato flour. There's actually no sign of a real potato in a Pringle. It's like a potato flour starch. I think it's actually the extracted starch, the extracted sugar from the potato flour and then lots of other ingredients. So when you have a food like Pringle, which is actually lots of different powdered ingredients and chemicals made back into a crispy shape, there is no original food matrix there whatsoever. No, you'll just eat sugar. That's why they're so delicious, though, isn't it? Why isn't that illegal? Oh, ah. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, no, should I mean, long, they should be. There should be at least some got? matrix. <laughs> so the thing is um, that ultra-processing makes foods very cheap to manufacture. So yeah. once you get the recipe right, manufacturing means that you can make it at high volumes. It has a really mm. long shelf life. You can sell it mm. at a much bigger markup, right? And I think we have to remember, like, the food industry is an industry. Its aim is to make money. So mm. we can't be like, oh, you know, how dare you guys do that? And they're like, well, we're a business. We're not here to look after your health. So it's really mm. our government's mm. kind of job to try and put something in place to protect us as consumers or mm. at least give us a heads up. Stop the companies from marketing the food as being healthy when it's not. But that's a whole different conversation right there. <laughs> so if people want to sort of look after their liver. Yes, what's the what one can, thing? Uh, What can they do? Presumably everybody's liver is different and, yes. and varies according to genes. and. Yeah, so know. we have, uh, you know, there are some things that we know have a genetic factor. So, for example, how good you are at controlling your blood glucose levels. We know from the Zoe Predict data that it's about 40% genetic. So if your mother had type 2 diabetes and your grandmother had type 2 diabetes, the likelihood is that you're likely to have poorer blood glucose metabolism because there is genetic factor there. But if you want to generally look after your liver, then this dietary advice of eating a lot of whole plant foods, mushrooms, mm. beans, seeds, nuts, whole grains, the majority of us wouldn't think about eating barley and buckwheat and lentils and beans every day. But actually the evidence from the Blue Zones research and the Mediterranean diet research tells us that eating pulses and whole grains every day is a really good idea for long-term health. So start with that, lots of green leafy veg, not just spinach, there's lots of other interesting ones you can choose from. Eating whole fruit, so fruit in its whole form, not as fruit juices or smoothies. And then just occasionally enjoying fish, red meat, make it less of a habit. So red meat is not by any means something we should completely cut out if we enjoy it. But more than once every 10 days is probably unnecessary. And just opt for getting a lot of plant protein as well as animal protein. So we're all very used to eating, mm. you know, eggs for breakfast, chicken for lunch, salmon for dinner. 
So you're having like easily having animal protein at every single meal. But just thinking, do I actually need to have chicken with this or could I have some extra mushrooms and some nuts as well? Just switch changing our mindset a little bit to remember how many whole foods there are that we can actually quite easily access and enjoy and they're tasty and they provide us with a lot of nutrients we need. So we know that those dietary patterns are good for our liver. There are also some exciting products, which I spoke about with Imogen before. The Deliverance is this supplement, which is made with herbs, but it's very concentrated. Oh, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Yeah. Yes. It's very good if you've got a hangover. It's very good. I, yeah. want, I wanted to ask you about milk thistle. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone always says take milk thistle. That's good for your yeah. liver. Is this right? So interesting. Milk thistle, in theory, is an antioxidant. So it's a polyphenol. It's a chemical from a plant that has antioxidant effects. Most preparations of milk thistle by themselves, they've no impact on liver health. So if you look at the trials and then the reviews of those trials, there isn't really an effect. Where we see an impact is with preparations that have a really high concentration of polyphenols, like deliverance, where actually there Mm. is an impact and a measurable clinical change in Mm. fatty liver deposits. But very few products achieve that at the moment. So it's exciting to see this space where there's a bit more going into it now and companies like Deliverance creating a product that actually works. It's very exciting because if you can give somebody who's got fatty liver disease a simple product that they can take to just initially reverse that fatty liver and remove some of that fatty deposit, give the liver a chance to start working normally again and then make the dietary changes necessary to maintain liver health. I mean, that's huge. That that could actually save people's lives because Liver disease is quite serious if you don't attend to it. Would you know if you had problems with your liver? I mean, is there any, are there any symptoms that you can look out for? So it's really interesting because the liver does, as I said, it's like the central hub that tries to keep everything under control and everything working. So by the time you have symptoms of liver disease, it's a bit late. <laughs> so by the time, yeah. you know, you've gone quite far down because as an organ, it's so resilient and it regenerates. Even from day to night, the liver can change 40% of its size Mm. just from day to night to adapt to. So in the daytime, it gets a bit bigger and they think it's because it's in during the daytime, it's making proteins for us. So one of the Mm. main things it does, it makes proteins for ourselves and for our entire bodies to function. And then overnight, it shrinks back down as it starts breaking down the proteins back into amino acids, right? So if you think it's so resilient, it's so flexible, it's got this superpower of being able to regenerate. By the time you have symptoms of liver disease, mm. it's quite far down the line, which mm. is why... When you get yellow eyes, that sort of yeah, thing. That's, yeah, that's late. Yeah. So early, yeah, yeah, early late, recognition yeah. of the importance of the liver is more powerful than waiting until you start seeing... Mm. Signs and so okay, so I need to get this thing called deliverance. Deliverance, yes, I've just started taking it. It's very exciting. Why have you got it and I haven't? Well, because There's I've wrong with your liver. <laughs> Hand it over. It's not you fair. You do need it. It's I quite. It's quite it. bitter. It's, it's worth bitter. doing the fibro scan to find out yeah. what your fatty liver deposits. Yeah, you are should do at, it. What, you know, and then no, just, but it'll just be. I'll just get told off. Yes, always. Oh, I know. But to be told, told off, I hate still be alive. Been told off. It's nice to see a progression. It's nice to see a change, though. The people could get their liver tested. Is it a big deal to get your liver tested or is it quite easy to do? No, it's very easy. It's very like easy. an ultrasound probe. So external mm. and it just kind of goes tuck, tuck. It's ultrasound. Yeah. So it's not yes. invasive. It's no harmful rays. It's just a yeah. very clever test and it gives you results mm. straight away. 
and it can identify fatty liver deposits before you would have any changes in your blood liver mm. markers. And at that point, you can presumably do something about them. Well, this mm. is the this is the thing. Yeah, you can mm. reverse it. You can actually reverse yeah. it, which is really exciting because it's it means going from having fatty liver disease to not having fatty liver disease. Yes, which is yes. you know, which is great. <laughs> yeah, doing <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm sensing a degree of smugness from. I know. I'm slick. I know. So I pleased. Slick, I know. <laughs> well, thank you very much. We'll put some stuff in the show notes if people want to go and find you. Dr. Frederica, but that was fascinating. I'm going to try it. No, you should definitely go. Try it. It's not, it's painless. It's Is painless, it? yes. Mm. Promise you. It's really easy. Okay. Yes. And as are the little drinks, they're not, it's not a difficult thing. You just whip them back when you're at your computer. <laughs> Job done. Glass of water and you're done, yeah. I feel done. quite virtuous exactly. afterwards as well. <laughs> I know. Polish your halo. Off you go. <laughs> quick, quick shot of vodka yeah. as, as a thing. Sure. Thank, thank you very much. That was Dr. Federica Amati, medical scientist and nutritionist from Imperial College London. If you want to find out more, we'll put a link in the show notes. Thank you, Federica. That was brilliant. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. If you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You've been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you so much for listening. Listener.